Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. I'm not qualified to do this woman and I shouldn't have chosen her for the podcast and I'm sorry. There are so many issues. I don't even know. History. I don't know about it because at school I was like, this is boring and I don't want to know. Racially, there's a whole issue with her and Mary C. Cole that some white female historians seem very triggered by the idea that (laughs) Mary C. Cole might have been as great as Mm. Florence Nightingale, if not better. And I'm dumb. I'm dumb. But there you go. There you go. You are qualified. And my interest in doing Florence Nightingale, this is bitching, by the way, every week we talk about someone. My interest in why Florence Nightingale is good is because I thought we might I've be able to... I've got a really sore throat, suddenly. Can I go and get a hot vimp tote? It really hurts. I'm just sucking on a candy. Yeah. I bet that sounds great on the... Old well, I will just suck on it for a minute and then I'll get rid of it. No, no, of course. So you suck for a minute and then... I'm going to read a Wikipedia. Here we go. It's so long. When I got on a Wikipedia, I was like, I have made a huge mistake. I don't know what I was stuff. thinking. You gave me lots of other options. I literally sent Tilly a list of about 10 people and of all the people, she picked the one person that I slightly put on. Well, I put her on because Matt told me, oh, you should do Florence Nightingale. Do you know what like... this is, though? Mm. It's... Colonial indoctrination in British schools. Well, there you go. I think that's that is why Matt suggested her and thought she was interesting to talk about. And I do agree that. But do you know why I was like we should do Florence Nightingale? Because you like a lamp. Because I was like, oh, do a lady in the lamp. That'll be nice. (laughs) What a fucking idiot I am. (laughs) And then did you Google it and you were like, oh, yeah, and I was like, oh God, no, what have I done? Okay, here we go. Florence Nightingale, twelfth of May. 1820 to the 13th of August 1910. She died when she was 90 years old because she was rich, was an English social reformer, statistician, and the founder of modern nursing, supposedly. Nightingale came to prominence while serving as a manager and trainer of nurses during the Crimean War, in which she organised care for wounded soldiers. She gave nursing a favourable reputation and became an icon of Victorian culture. Also, can we appreciate that everyone kept going to Crimea? And by everyone, I mean two ladies went to Crimea to be nurses and they set up these, like, specialist nursing units for all the British soldiers and then just left everybody else to die. That seems on brand. But yeah, basically, she was a nurse. She loved numbers. And I think part of the reason she's... There's lots of reasons she's become such an icon, um... She was white, she was rich, um, but also... She never shagged anyone. She never shagged anyone. Apart from, my theory is, all of the soldiers that then she she cured. She was a big old hoe. I don't think you can say that. She was a big old hoe. I don't think you can say Florence Nightingale was a big old hoe. I don't don't think you can say that. Cancelled. Cancelled. I think she was, though. What, what, What is your evidence? 
So I sent Tilly a video last night that I was watching about Florence Nightingale that was weirdly kind of sensual, where she was like explaining about her history. And then she I could only watch one minute of that. <laughs> too aroused. Yeah. And then she went into the uh, like ward with all the men and it was like, and she used to sit with the men for hours and stroke them and touch them. and She shagged all the men. She was a hoe. I don't think she was a hoe. I think she liked being the source of comfort for them. I don't really think she was I a hoe. I don't think she was riding cowgirl in the hospital. <laughs> I actually think it was the opposite. I think that she was not sexually attracted to men or at least she was not in any way interested forming a traditional relationship with them was she and that is of the time as well everybody wanted to get married everybody assumed that the person that she would serve would be one man and instead she was really determined that her life it would, would be all men it would be because she's a hoe a hoe with her affection and care flow the hoe lady with the ass what's a word for lamp that sounds like lady with the labia very good. Oh, we do, are we doing a good thing? By calling her a hoe? Just by doing this show. <laughs> I ask myself that a lot. Mm. Can I do a shout out? Yeah. I would like to do a shout out to Claire Williams, who suggested that we did Jamie Oliver and um, forgot to give her a shout out on the Jamie Oliver ep. So thank you, Claire. That was a great shout. I enjoyed doing that episode because I did my research and it wasn't really hard. Like Florence Nightingale, like play the hoe. I'm having a good time. <laughs> Lady with the lamp. I really enjoyed watching the horrible histories on Flo and the hoe. Yeah, so maybe you, I should just stop panicking and just let you talk because you've done your research, so it's fine. Well... I watched The Horrible Histories, which was actually really great because it wasn't really about Florence Nightingale. It was more about Mary Seacole and it was a debate between the two of them about why Mary Seacole had been forgotten from history um, when Florence Nightingale had been remembered. And I thought it was very informative and uh, particularly as it's for kiddies, was really good. That's my analysis. There was a really worrying bit of the wikipedia page that was talking about i mean obviously mary seco will have faced a lot of racism as she would now but back then uh even more explicitly and that doesn't seem to be factored into much of people are just like yeah but florence was better and it's like okay but why is this even the discussion why does she have to be compared do you know what I mean? It's just like a weird, Why it's a it weird obsession space, to have. Yeah, for one person. I think it's because the, the reason that Florence Nightingale is famous is because historians made it about her being the founder of, of nursing. Right, and, yeah. And, and, the and then other people are like, is that really accurate? Maybe some other people were helped as well. That's the thing. It's like, we're so obsessed with finding a narrative in history that we can't accept that like many things are true. Like it's not... It's never one person who's responsible for one thing entirely. It's, you know, it, it's so many different factors and things that happen. And even if it is one person who's responsible for something, they were influenced by hundreds of other people in their lives that led them to make that specific decision. Totally. And Mary Seacole, for, I mean, in case anyone doesn't know, she was um, a Jamaican-born British nurse who also went to the Crimea like Florence Nightingale did and she founded this thing called the British Hospital and she was, I think she was known as Mother Seacole because um, 
she, she was very similar to Florence Nightingale. And in fact, people argue that potentially she was more daring because she actually went out directly onto the battlefield to um, perform operations and to do her nursing. But Florence Nightingale, when she returned to Britain, had there had been this huge trust fund set up in her name that had raised huge amounts of money and that allowed Florence Nightingale to then set up the first nursing school in the UK and to train nurses. So the legacy of Florence Nightingale is bigger, but only because she was white, she was privileged there was a lot she more had, money exactly, behind she it had, she had people waiting for yeah. her at home saying we love you Flo the Ho and it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the thing like why does one have to be better than the other can they not just be different can they not just have done different things and both have been great but anyway what I was saying about the Wikipedia page was that there apparently there's like this history of the rivalry or whatever which I know absolutely nothing about but there was one occasion where Mary Seacole needed a bed for the night and Florence gave her one because she was on her way to somewhere else but Mary wrote about how when she tried to join the nurses who Florence was teaching or whatever she was turned away and she wrote that she thought that was because of racism and then Florence had written about how she was she made men drunk and that was like part of her nursing was like giving men alcohol and basically insinuating that she was a bit of an alcoholic, which I don't know anything about. Even back then, women were pitted against each other and uh, white women in particular mm. seem to not be doing a very good job of being inclusive. Nothing we changes, rarely do does a good it? Job. Oh, God. It's, I guess it's just such a human thing to create in groups yeah. and out groups and... But also the myth of the individual, like I do think Flo the Ho was, I need to stop calling her that, I do appreciate that that's not very feminist, I'm so sorry. But I don't think it's a bad thing. Anyway, she, um, I'm not saying she had saviour complex, because everything she did was amazing, and a lot of the stuff... But you do have to have a bit of a saviour complex, I think, to put yourself through There definitely was like a that. sense that she was an image and she was a name, in the way that, you know, it's, it is in our human... I don't know if it's nature or societal, but we continue to have now where it's like there is a leader of all the nurses. And again, in this very sensual BBC clip that I was watching, she sort of was leading this army of nurses and she was the person at the front and everyone was behind her all doing interpretive dance. But she, I think that there was definitely an idea that if Mary was a competitor, she didn't wasn't necessarily very kind to her. And I know Mary wrote about her in her, in her autobiography being like she was very sort of stern and cold and but she I think a lot of people did feel that way about her in, in general she wasn't like this very nurturing bosomy sorry bosomy is the word. why am I being so are you you want to have sex please stop trying to have sex with me but she she definitely wasn't known as this very she was known by her nurses as being quite hard and quite strict and quite disciplined um but with the soldiers being very nurturing and very hand-holding um which I'm not saying it's internalized misogyny but it is interesting there was a way that she treated women and that there was a way that she treated Yeah, she clearly didn't have that many close female... Pals. Pals. She had a a few who she had, like, very intense uh, friendships with, but her life did seem to be... I think she wrote that, like, women had basically never done anything for her. (laughs) Yeah. Which, I don't know, there was, like, thousands of nurses who followed you and did everything you told them to do so don't but I can imagine if if I lived during that time and I looked around and all the women I knew were getting married and were interested in really domestic things and just being a simp simping (laughs) for men she was like look at all these simps 
you'd think it was you wouldn't be completely aware of all the structural reasons that that was the case and you'd be like women are dumb and annoying and i'm the best one because (laughs) i can see what's going on i'm not like other girls i'm not like other nurses she do you think she was in a relationship with that woman who was her kind of mentor or am i just reading sexually into everything she does have lesbian energy for sure i just watched a really great um video essay by ContraPoints, um, who I think I must have told you about her at some point. Yeah. Um, but she was talking about, in this video, she co- comes out as a lesbian, basically, and talks about compulsory heterosexuality. Have you ever heard about this as a thing? No. Just that basically, like, women are so... We're so indoctrinated to, like, socially, the script is that we marry a handsome man and then we're, like, favoured by society... I'm probably explaining this really badly. And so a lot of the time when women think that they're attracted to men, it's more specifically that they like want the approval of society at large. That makes sense. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I think as well... Maybe we're all lesbians. Yeah, I think that's such a... Because I don't know, a lot of my queer female friends have come out a lot later. And I was talking to one of them who was saying part of the reason as well that there's there's definitely that kind of societal thing but also with sex like there's this kind of assumption that you're not going to enjoy it even if you're heterosexual and having sex with a man like I think maybe less so for generations coming up but I definitely remember you know at school that was the kind of given that that it was for the pleasure of the man rather than for the pleasure of you so you weren't even necessarily thinking about what you were enjoying or what you were attracted to or into and I think no you're thinking about you being desired you're not thinking about desiring someone else exactly yeah of course is going to get in the way of you actually working out what your you might not even think what your own sexuality is you're just yeah well I don't think I know what mine is like I still think that I don't know because it's like I don't know you're you're asking I guess it's just relentless isn't it like being desired as a object sorry before they're like an object it sounds like you're saying god it was just so relentless being so desirable it is tilly steel it is it is <laughs> <Must be exhausting. laughs> i am joking i'm i mean as a as a woman yeah yeah general. and maybe if we were all in the wild we'd just go around humping logs and stuff i think that maybe would be my sexuality if i was in the wild i'd be into logs yeah i i think i'd be having sex for berries and we, we would just, we would hump logs and we would have a business that was like whittling logs for pleasure. <laughs> we would make the first, we would be the mothers of masturbation. That's what they call us. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It is interesting how many women through society had that kind of chaste image in order to just get shit done. Because it was like, it was a distraction. It was a thing that it would hold them back in some way. And they, they knew that. And even if you are into men, it's not really in that, in those times, it's actually much more of a trade, isn't it? You're, you're, you become the property of somebody else. Marriage is, it makes you powerless and also it makes you dutied to, it makes you completely at the beck and call of that other person. Your job becomes looking yeah. after the domestic and looking after the man and looking after the family. I know that's really obvious, but you're right. You just, her whole thing, Florence Nightingale's whole thing was that she wanted to do more for more people, which is why I jokingly call her Flo the Ho, because I obviously don't think she really was, but I do think she really wanted to help more people than just one man in her life that she was kind of kitchen tied to. And she definitely had a vision for what she wanted to achieve. And she knew she could only do that really by... Being a hoe. Embracing the whole world rather than <laughs> just one person. I think now it's easier in that way because we have more of an understanding of like, just to be with one person doesn't mean that you are totally devoted to that person. You can't have your own independence and freedom. And also someone invented the dishwasher. Like that's mm. just things like that that we completely take for granted that have revolutionised the world for women. And the vibrator. I mean, there's your log. They Someone really merched on that, on that log idea. I won't mind a log. I'll get you one for Christmas. A, a nice textured one. Be careful not to get splinters. <laughs> Um, but this is so. So I found that the Parisian hostess Mary Clark, who potentially I don't know if there was was some, her girlfriend. Potentially, so she was um, she was a hostess who who lived with her family while they were on tour. And Florence Nightingale really liked her because she did not care for her appearance. She didn't care for her appearance, and she was incapable of boring anyone is what it says on their Wikipedia. Her behaviour was said to be exasperating and eccentric and she had no respect for upper-class British women whom she regarded as generally inconsequential. Um, Is this Miriam Margulies? But she seems to have been like a real... So she and Florence remained close friends for 40 years despite their 27-year age difference. Clark demonstrated that women could be equals to men, an idea Mm. that Florence had not obtained from her mother. That's a bit sassy on the Wikipedia of Flo's mum. But, um, but yeah, it's pretty gay, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty gay. It's mm. pretty gay. And it also... Seems gay. It's interesting that it's that classic story as well of the very privileged woman realising that her own privilege is part of the problem and, and wanting to mm. slightly rid herself from her upper-class roots, which I do think is honourable. Like, she did go to the Crimea and she did get down and dirty and scrub those floors and mm. she had everything at her fingertips in the UK she was from a very affluent family she could have just had a really nice house and a nice dog she did get like I think it says that she got like 400 pounds a year from her dad which I think was like equivalent to 40,000 pounds nowadays nice so that basically allowed her to go off and do whatever she wanted to do to help people it's the classic like gap yard thing isn't it of like 
you know, I don't want to be tied to my really rich family, but I will also use their money to go and, like, better myself and have a nice gap year. I'm not saying that Florence Nightingale going and helping all those men in the Was the, the original gap year. <laughs> it started somewhere. Maybe I'll become a nurse. I would be the worst nurse ever. No, you wouldn't. You'd be great. Why do you think you'd be the worst? Because depression radiates out of my every pore. I think that there are some nurses who... I like that. I like that, yeah. I wouldn't want to be like that. I wouldn't want me at my bedside, (laughs) which is upsetting because I do have to go to sleep with myself every night. (laughs) God, that's bleak. Well... That's what I have to offer. So if you don't like it, why don't you go and do the podcast with... Miriam Margulis. Yeah. You know her. You do actually know her. Yeah, she's a legend. I wish you could tell that story that you told me. Which one? <laughs> Honestly. The one about... <laughs> Honestly, she does not I mean, she wouldn't care. She wouldn't try and sue you or anything. No, she'd be... She'd just be like, yes, I did it. And what? <laughs> she wouldn't give a fuck. She is she is everything that you'd expect her to be and more. Mm. Absolutely living legend. Have you heard her on Did the... Did you see what she said about J.K. Rowling? No. Oh, she said that, like, um, someone asked her what she thought of trans rights. And she was like, well, everyone should be allowed to be whoever they want to be. And if someone wants to be a woman, well, you can't be a fascist about it. <laughs> Just inadvertently called her a fascist. <laughs> Did you hear her on uh, Louis Theroux's podcast? No, is it good? Oh my god! Everybody, stop listening to this and go and listen to Miriam Margot. It's the on the on the Louis. It's it's called something like I can't remember. Just type in Louis Theroux into BBC Sounds. It is such a good listen. She says that she had her first orgasm when she was three. <gasps> <laughs> oh god! God, she's so special, isn't she? She's one of a kind. She is a one-off person who's simultaneously like really rational but also completely from another world do you know what it is it's kindness ultimately that's what it is because i think all of her eccentricities are there whether created or natural but they're there to put you at ease and to make you feel sane and to make you laugh and to make you feel comfortable and I think that's what makes her so special is sometimes people are eccentric for their own, you know, for people to look and admire them. And I really don't think it's that. I think it comes from kindness and wanting everybody to feel okay like about Like their themselves. own quirks are okay. Exactly. It's beautiful. I'm going to cry. <laughs> that is so lovely. Isn't it? Isn't it? Don't cry. If only the whole world was like her. Be funny. Yeah. Okay. Oh well. well. <laughs> I've run out of things to say. So thank you so much. That was Florence Nightingale, and we appreciate your listening ears. And please do get in touch anytime with us on at bitchinpod. Yeah. Thanks for all the messages. And if if you love us, do leave a review on the iTunes. I'm told it does help. I don't know why. And there are some fascists but, on there who really don't like that we're yeah, they so really left wing. Like any of the things we did about so. Tommy Robinson, they were not fans. Yeah. So, if you like us, want to support us, do leave a review. Um, send help. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Bitchin', a podcast by Tilly Steele and Helen Monks. 
Our music was by Dave Cribb and our artwork was by Luke W. Robson.